0: Excuse me, sorry. I have diet Coke burps. Um, I have a combination of diet Coke and kombucha burps because I'm a healthy <laughs> girl. Um, they, I know they smell great. Yeah, right. You um, know
1: when people comment on TikToks and they're like, like, "I just know she smells great." Like I just know disgusting. she. Can, yeah. Everyone, and welcome to girls like us the podcast that asks the question what does a degree in literature get you with the answer a podcast about children's books uh it's dystopia month dun dun, we, dun. We, uh, i don't actually remember do you remember any of the songs from the hunger games or is it like yeah so there's
0: and then there's also the taylor swift one just Safe sound. close your eyes the sun is going down such a good song um yeah that song slaps um also i while i was listening to the audiobook because i did choke sob my way through this audiobook um yeah i uh was i remembered like the I remembered the, like, like the theme that plays as they ride on the chariots into, like, uh-huh. the, um, like, when she's on fire. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this is it. This could also be, like, from some other movie, but it's, like, bah, bah, da, 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 That sounds accurate. Da, 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 da. It's, it sounds like that. I mean, like, that's, like, literally the worst rendering of it. Um. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's like the general theme for like when they're like in the capital and like all of like the stuff is going on. But um Yeah. So it's dystopia month, it's October, happy October. Um, we're diving into several different As every month month is, you know, yeah. in our current world.
1: <laughs> it is dystopia Literally. month. But Literally. this month, you know, <laughs> yeah. We're also reading books about dystopias. So Dis
0: Dystober, Dystember, Dystember, Dystery. Dysannuaria.
1: Dystopia. Dystopia. With a B. Dystopia. It's like the podcast
0: (laughs) in October. Um, uh, Speaking of dystopias, did you watch Emma Chamberlain's Architectural Digest tour?
1: Um, I did my homework. I did my homework. Um, Yeah. Because Sophie was like, watch this before we record today. Um, I have to be real. I have barely any emma chamberlain knowledge like of course okay. i know she likes coffee but yeah. i've never like really watched <laughs> any of her videos um but you know in our digest tour is its own type of it's a genre ecosystem yeah. and yes exactly so um yeah i all i know about her is that she is probably very rich now and that she keeps her relationship very private I didn't even but know she's she was in a relationship. A, she is. And it's very, very private. And I think he's maybe rumored to be a DJ. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's rumored to be a DJ. He's the rumored the DJ to be a DJ. Rumors,
0: the DJ rumors are flying. Yeah. Uh, like, nobody the DJ can. DJ accusations. Yeah, the DJ accusations. Nobody can beat the DJ accusations these days. No. Um, so I will say that you're you're dressed appropriately for talking about Emma Chamberlain because you are wearing a sweater vest. Oh, yeah. And she's a little greasy. Like, not in a negative way. But, like, her. she's a little greasy, right? Yeah. She's a little greasy. Yeah. She's like kind of like a, she's kind of, like, cool girl. She's one of those girls that it's, like, we're the media, the media is addicted to telling us that she has, like, a best, unique style. But then if you unpack it, you're like, no, she's just deeply,
1: deeply small. At least in my opinion. Yeah. And she's wearing Wild Fable. Yes. Basically. Except if, you know. Except it's designed what, what Wild Fable steals from and then reproduces. Right. Well, a year later. yeah. I, I guess steals from, I, I. I have a hard time
0: saying Wild Fable steals from anybody because it's, like, if, like, Target, if the Target factory where the clothes are being, like, produced in a bad way is taking yeah. designs from, like, designer brands, I, I have a hard time calling that stealing because I just, that's I don't fair. feel like
1: anybody has the moral high ground in that situation. They had, like, Susan Alexandra, like, rip-off bags. Oh, they do? Last time I was there, like, it, Oh, that's is cute. Dark. Yeah, yeah. And I know with the, I think, like, Meg was telling me about, like. Like, the owner of H&M basically was like, yeah, like, we use all the same factories, like, as these high-class brands. Oh, yeah. We just just don't mark it up. It is the same thing. Oh, yeah, 100%. That It's literally—I
0: mean, like, there's some, like, designer, like, couture brands where, like, what you're getting is inherently higher quality. Like, the material is higher quality. It's it's made by somebody who sits down with a needle and thread and, like, Mm -hmm. sews it. But, like, in a lot of these situations, like— if you're buying like a Jacquemus top, like that's not inherently better made than like I don't know buying something from like uh, like Aritzia. Like there's no yeah. like the material. Like it might be like a little bit more expensive, but not by not by the kind of price
1: margin that you're paying for it. Um, um, speaking of material, I did last night. I th- I think this can tell you where like my brain is at. I had a full dream last night that was just about me going to TJ Max. And trying to see if they had silk pillowcases.
0: That's and finding wild. a lot
1: of like like cute but like really expensive Kate Spade bedding sets, but they were not silk. I was they're like, oh man. They're cute, but we already have enough bedspreads. I'm looking for silk pillowcases, which I, is true. In real I life. guarantee
0: you, I guarantee you that H, uh that TJ Maxx has silk pillowcases. I'm sure they have like yeah. hundreds, like in like like half, half packaged, like laying in like right. the alley or something. Yes. I can um, dumpster dive. Right, but speaking, okay, so Emma Chamberlain, the house tour, I guess, like, there's just a lot, like, so uh, the overwhelming feeling when I watched it is, like, first, you know, that, like, oh, wow, it looks really good, right? Like, this, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. looks like, you know, it looks like a museum or, like, an Ace Hotel. Um, Yes. Second, though, it's, like, just the abundance of it all, Like, I feel like we're getting to a point where people are going to start to, like, where it's going to be inappropriate to post that kind of shit online.
1: Like, Right. At least with her, there's a little bit of excusableness in that a lot of her art is done by her dad. So, like, at least there's that in there. But, like. I'm not talking about the art, baby. You're talking about, like, the, like, couches. There's, like, 500
0: rooms. And it's just, like, full of. There's, like, a room. It's like, this is
1: my pool room. Right, my cool bathroom in my yes. cool living
0: room. Yeah, there's like she's a 21 year old, and her living room has like eight couches in it.
1: Is she really only 21? Yeah, she's 21.
0: Whoa. Yeah, she like just turned 21. Yeah, she. It's like she's a single person who lives in that house alone, and it has like 25 rooms. And all I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, okay, forget like how expensive it is. Like, I'm thinking like the environmental impact. Like, yeah. Because guess what? Like she's gonna be able to afford to get rid of all that shit in five years mm-hmm. and like buy all new shit. And just like the level of consumerism, like at the end, like it really
1: really darks me out. Um, yeah, right? Like is that crazy? Yeah. No, no, I think I think that's that's true because she is a lot of times talking like, oh well, you know, I have so many rooms like I didn't know what to do with them. And it's like, okay. I also feel like there's, you know, um, what's it called? Like diminishing returns. Like much like when you over, when your salary gets over a certain point, it's like they're diminishing essentially returns of happiness because at a certain point you've, you can afford, you know, everything you need and more. Like I think like that's the case with houses too because yeah. she has like four different living rooms. Yeah. And it's like, and a dining room table that she like doesn't use. And like a living room for looking at art and then like a living room for watching TV. And it's like- you have to then justify activities to fit those spaces and justify decorating them more. Like, I mean, I don't even know. Like, in our apartment, like, we barely use our dining room. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there are, like, spaces that are just not, like, like in any home, there are spaces that are not going to be, like, utilized, like, properly. Right. right? Like, right. You, you just do not have a need for it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um. So, building all this real estate out, like— and I think encouraging this level because it, like, signifies, like, wealth to have to have this much space is, like, I'm, I'm sure that she, her real estate agent, was like, no, you're going to want that extra room. Right? Like, you're going to want that extra room. Right. And I just, I guess it just, like,
0: it really freaks me out because, like, we're just, we're constantly, like, like, in a very dystopian way, encouraged to, like, buy more, 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 more this, Mm -hmm. more that. And, like, the whole time, you're just watching, um, you're watching this whole thing, and it's, like, I don't know, like, it's, like, it doesn't even, like, you're, like, how could one person use all of this space? Even, like, a family of five, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And, like, no. I read this, um, part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is because this morning on, um, Haley Nauman's substack, like, she kind of, like, wrote about it, and, like, her angle on it was, like, like, Architectural Digest, like, their whole, like, headline with it is, like, the home is, like... Radiant. ...deeply, deeply personal. Um, Architectural Digest dubbed the home deeply personal. The designer she worked with described the immaculately designed space as not a perfect house, but the imperfections only add to the narrative we developed what with Emma. What imperfections? What imperfections? Like, that's what I, like... Uh, like... It's this idea, like, she talks about in the piece, like, this, like in old, like, coffee table books of, like, people in their spaces and, like, Mm -hmm. talking about, like, stylish spaces, it would always be, like, people, like, actually living in their homes where, like, you know, it hasn't Mm -hmm. been, like, cleaned and staged by, like, I don't know, the cast of Selling Sunset beforehand. Mm -hmm. And now with these Architectural Digest videos, all we see are these, like, giant, like, hotel homes where, like, everything has been staged out beforehand. And it's, like, it's because of, like, the dawn of Instagram and, like, the supremacy of, like, the still image for us to, like, put on our mood boards.
1: Right. And I think also with that, like, whenever I watch things like this, it's, like, even though there's way more space, when you see something that is so curated and there's not a lot of real clutter out, like, everything is curated I always think this would be so much easier to clean. Um we also we watched Bodies 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 last night and Oh, I want to hear about it. Yeah, it was it was good. I, I I liked it. Um did not love the ending, but that's okay. Um I thought it was good. It was definitely not a 90-minute advertisement advertisement for Cleavage uh, in Charlie XCX especially because a Charlie XCX song does not play until the end credits. Right. Um but If it was
0: an advertisement for a charlie xcx single i would love that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't see that uh i don't see a review in the new york times saying that elvis is a what like 200 minute advertisement for uh elvis and uh (laughs) doja yeah (laughs) um which that movie's probably i'm guessing way more highly sexualized i mean look at tom hanks honey um Um, i don't know i didn't but isn't his thing like that, like shaking, oh, the, the, the way I dance, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It is, but I guess I don't. I, I guess like I don't know. I just don't find it sexual because I'm like I was no, so like no. I was so
1: overstimulated. I didn't have time to feel turned on during that movie. That's that's fair. Um, but like my friend Emma, who was in town, turned to me and was like, like it, imagine how scary it is to live in a house where you could like lose people within it. Yeah, and it's like yeah, like yeah. at a certain point, like even. Like, like, for celebrities especially, like, if you're worried about, like, privacy kind of, yeah. like, a, a house that is that big does nothing for you. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, like, I live—so, Nick and I now, like, we live in a two-floor apartment. And mm-hmm. when I'm here alone, I'm scared. Like, I yeah. hear, like, like because, I like, we're in a duplex and our neighbors are on the other side. So, like, if our neighbors yeah. are walking around, it sounds like somebody's in the house. And it's, yeah. like, we got a basement, a first floor, and a second floor. If somebody's in the house, I can't find them. And, like, you right. know, it's a small place. Um, yeah, I exactly. can't imagine being in a whole-ass house. Like, that would scare the shit out of me. Um yeah. I do have to say really quickly that I did see Bros last night. Um, oh, I didn't realize that was out. Yeah, it came out, like, this weekend. Um, this is the Billy Eichner written and starring, um, like, Studio rom com, Mm -hmm. I just it's not good. It's not bad. It's just like the whole thing is essentially being like um. There's a heart. There's a heart of a movie that is better there, but like the whole Mm -hmm. thing. It let's just say it ends in a song, Mm,
1: like all good movies do.
0: Yeah, like it ends. It I wanted to like it a lot more than I
1: did. Um, Yeah. It's just I haven't seen a lot of advertisements for it other than that one of them having their hands in each other's butt pockets.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is it has really good like reviews. No yeah. Um, it has really good reviews. There's funny parts, but honestly, like and I love Billy Eichner. I love Billy on the street. The whole thing was essentially like a Billy Eichner monologue. And by the end, Mm. it just, it was like fucking exhausting. I was like, I cannot hear He really goes
1: at one high level the whole time. That's his whole thing. So watching that for a whole movie would be exhausting. Yeah,
0: watching that for two hours. Like I was literally, I felt like homophobic like, because I was, oh, no. like, I felt like an old person, like, watching this movie and being, like, oh, sh- dude, shut up. But it wasn't, like, because it was, like, like, I love, we love a queer movie. Like, I want, like, like, Bodies, 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 for example, is essentially all about, like, queer women. And, like, I don't know, Rachel mm-hmm. Sennett is also there. But, like, yeah. this, it was, like, I felt like people thought, I didn't actually feel homophobic. I felt like people thought I was being homophobic because at the end of the movie, I was, like, visibly rolling my eyes. I was so sick of like the hearing him talk and like his, like the other romantic lead in the movie, Luke McFarlane just being like, yeah, totally. Like he would just go, bup, yeah. Bup, 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 bup. yeah, totally. Bup, 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 bup. Yeah, totally. I'm like, this is not like, <laughs> I'm like, stop. And then at the end he sings like a very earnest song that is not a joke. And it's like, I think Billy Eichner just what like, is, wanted to say, is it an original
1: song? Yeah. It's an original song. Oh, that's the worst. Yes, that is the he worst. like
0: sits on a stool at an event that is would totally does not call for a song, and like sings this song.
1: He like um, pulls a
0: Marnie. Yes, legitimately, and it was like it. It just like did not. It did not work for me. It like. There, somebody needed to take another pass at that movie and punch it up and cut out like a third of Billy Eichner's like, and then the and then Harry met Sally. He did this and then he did that and then Deborah Messing.
1: What are you doing here? It's like okay, like
0: like I'm yeah, exhausted. We get it. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. Uh, any movie where at the end, like any movie that essentially functions as a vehicle for the main person to sing, regardless of whether or yes. not they are a good singer, yes, is, you can instantly tell that people were afraid to. To give them real edits. On exactly. The exactly. Like I feel like the person, like
0: the director was afraid to be like, hey Billy, like you can't sing at the end of this movie. Like when he actually right. got to the point where he was singing, I was like literally looking around and I'm like, Am I the only person who like thinks that this is crazy? Like I feel yeah. like it's very much a movie that's made for people, um, people in their 30s and 40s. Because what I actually liked about the message of the movie pertaining to his character, was that, like, he's, like, a gay man in his 40s who has lived through a time where, you know, like, being a gay man was not only, you know, like, highly stigmatized, but also, like, you know, coming out of, like, the AIDS crisis, AIDS, like, yeah. deeply dangerous and, like, mm-hmm. um you know, pertaining to one's physical health. and. So and now like kind of the movie's idea is that like you know white cis gay men are now like like quote unquote like obsolete or like you know quote unquote not centered in the queer community so like moving from a space of like deep stigmatization to like deep like you know quote unquote yeah. normalization as the movie as the movie like yeah
1: th- puts it and like that to me was kind of an interesting idea but like but ultimately if you're a white cis Uh, gay man you are still at the top of the totem pole right and that's and 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 that's what the movie's about that's what the movie's about
0: and or in a certain way like pertaining to his character and like i liked that about it i just like it was a little bit too much like like every other scene he's like and i can only be here because of my other lgbtq allies and it's like okay like like You're 40. <laughs> it just, well, it's just like, yeah, it just felt like it was speaking to a sensibility, like, that, like, we can't necessarily connect with. And I was just like, okay, like, this is, yeah. but, but I would say still go see the movie. There's funny parts. I, it's just, like, too fucking long. And, like, the main thing is yeah. still, like, it's like, okay, like, like, other characters need to be also talking because the Billy Eichner right. cadence, like, has me. Has me like is lulling me to the edge of my consciousness. Um, that's fair. Okay, speaking of consciousness, let's talk about the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Released in 2008, written by Suzanne Collins. We we're kind of
1: going in our own dystopia at that time too.
0: So true. The
1: Obama admin.
0: Yeah, yeah. deeply, deeply dystopian for true Americans like us. <laughs> Suzanne Collins had written some other novels before. I believe this was her fifth novel. Mm-hmm. She,
1: um, she, and that shows in a positive way. This is this yes. book. I was because I had read this book, obviously, like any other, um, sixth grader in 2009. But like, uh, this, uh, I, I it just like after coming out of like reading Divergent, which you know was like silly, it was readable, but not. It was not that well done. And like Uglies, which is truly turned my brain to mush. Like yeah. I could not parse the the syntax of it. Uh, this book was really well written. Like yes. it's good. Yeah, it's I really good. I understand like yeah. why this became a cultural phenomenon. Like it's genuinely like the characterization, the world building. We don't have stock characters. Like the character of Sure, like, we can make jokes about, like, Katniss being, like, you know, girl boss or, like, not like other girls, whatever. But really, like, the character of, of PETA and his kind of journey, like, is, just, yeah. like, that's a that's a complex character yes. for, for a children's book. Yes, I think so, too.
0: I was not looking forward to picking this book up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was, like, trying to, like, do anything. But, you know, like, because I have all yeah. my podcasts I usually listen to during my week. But when we're recording, like, a book that's longer like this, I have to sub all of those out for listening to the audiobook if it's a situation where I'm listening to the audiobook. And so I was not looking forward to making that switch a few days ago. Um, Even though, you know, I was like, oh, I got to do this. I have have to have this book listened to by Sunday. Mm -hmm. I did not want to turn it off. It was so good. It sucks you right in. It's, um, I understand... I feel like so much of, like, you instantly understand who these characters are, the conditions that Mm -hmm. they're living in, and it's also really well-paced. Yes. It does not linger. Like, that was one of my fears, is that, like, I was going to spend two hours listening to pre-Hunger Games materials. Like, it gets into what you want pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. And it also, like, something I was looking for this book to do, which I think it gets close to, it maybe doesn't totally accomplish this was to like justify its own existence. Like I really mm-hmm. wanted the politics to be, um, to be clear. And mm-hmm. I feel like they are pretty clear. Like I feel like this book yeah. is much more radical than it, than one, the time in which it was written and
1: two, mm-hmm. then it was given credit for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think the, the whole kind of idea of this book um, is Uh, The, the government, the Hunger Games is essentially the, um, government's punishment for all these, uh, districts that had rebelled, Mm -hmm. um, to remind them, quote unquote, of, of the, the, um, hardships they used to go through. That's interesting too, because even the name, like the Hunger Games, because all these people had like starved during this revolution, um, But we see in Katniss's own district and in, like, other districts, like, people do die of hunger all the time. Yeah, all the time, yeah. It's it's not a new thing. Um, I also, like, as far as dystopian books go, like, okay, Divergent, for instance, it's like, are we really going to divide society by, like, personality traits? Like, that that seems to be a lot of steps to get there. Yeah. This, while I don't think that it would—I would hope that in our society it could not be this exact same thing. I mean, by virtue of this book having been written— I think it could not be, right? Like, our government would not be like, let's institute this Hunger Games style. Yeah, let's go Hunger a lot Games of this roles. Yeah, a lot of this felt much closer to to our reality, especially in that the way that they were sympathetic characters like Cinna and even like Caesar Flickerman, like working within the Capitol. Yeah. Um, And they're sympathetic, you know, and they want these, these people to survive, but they are still complicit in it. And yeah. even like... Katniss herself like as much as she hates this and thinks it's terrible like she has watched the Hunger Games every single year right like like it and it I think it did a and and like I don't know the PETA character was interesting too because he's like I don't really want to be a cog in the machine and Katniss is like well sorry you have to be like there's nothing we can do right there's um well and what ends up happening you
0: know in the whole we're not reading any more of these books right not right now, no, so and I don't want to um i I think that they were sad they are I think they only get sadder they get worse like I read I read the plot descriptions for the other two just to like jog my memory and what ends up happening is they actually, you know they break out of like like they do incite a revolution that nice. totally destroys like the country and like, you know, it's a violent revolution. The whole thing, like, Gail, Katniss's best friend from back home in District 12, whom she hunts with, who forms the love triangle that is mm-hmm. at least partially central to these books between her and PETA. He becomes this, like, violent revolutionary, and there's this whole question of, like, ethics, because, like, first yeah. he leads the revolution in a good way, and then he starts basically, like, violently killing and, like, torturing people. Um yeah. And, like, becomes just, like, basically, like, a warmonger, um, yeah. And the book ends with, like, Katniss and Peeta both having, like, severe PTSD and, like,
1: deciding to, like— Because Peeta, like, slips into insanity in the third book, I believe, too. Yes.
0: Yeah. He's, like, brainwashed by the Capitol, like, during this revolution. Mm-hmm. Katniss and him, like, you know Gail is dead because, like, he has to be killed because he's, like, too much of a warmonger. Yeah. Um Katniss is, like, tortured and, like, imprisoned within, like, an inch of her life. And finally she gets out and, like, heals her— PTSD, and, like, the mm-hmm. the whole nation is totally broken, and her and PETA, like, have children together. Um, wow. And it just, like, it is not a happy ending, and I don't think— No, nothing changed materially. Right, yeah, nothing—I mean, it's, like, the, the whole thing at the end is that, like, her children get to grow up without the Hunger Games, but, like, they don't have any— right. They don't have anything more— wealth-wise, like, they live, you know, back in, like, a hunter-gatherer society. Um, And that's why, like, politically, I think that the books work because of that eventual ending, but also in the same way, I feel like if this had just been, like, a self-contained story with some like minor tweaks to like how it ended. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because maybe that's like my knee-jerk reaction as like a baby brain to be like, I want a happy ending because this well, book kind of yeah. has a happy ending.
1: The um the New Yorker article you had sent me about mm-hmm. about this, which basically, um, do you remember who wrote it? The author's name is Laura
0: Miller. And it was published in 2010. So like while the books are coming out during yeah. the dystopia so, so- boom.
1: Laura Miller kind of wrote about like this as well as all these, and, and citing kind of a lot of YA books I'd not heard of, like yeah. um about dystopia, but then also saying like, you know, children who grew up, you know, Gen X and boomers, like they remember having to read stuff like 1984. I would even say like the Shirley Jackson, like the lottery, like yeah. certainly there have been short stories and, and, and this dystopia thing has, it's not necessarily new. What was new about this one um the article was kind of saying is, is like the lack of privacy involved. Right. And like the hunger games can operate as a indictment of reality TV. Um, but it's also like a kind of thesis on, on the way children are thrust into adulthood like yeah. without a lot of guidance. Um, I, this, that, um, that thesis ran true to me especially we've talked about on the pod a lot like the prevalence of TikTok and how we're so lucky that we didn't grow up with TikTok yeah because you you um I mean we've seen how many children like you know kind of go through the fame and then cancellation cycle on on TikTok and it's like versus if they were able to kind of Work out those feelings privately, and yeah. as any teenager, like grow into a a better human being, right? Um, like they they kind of have to. They are forced by their the social ecosystem to kind of dig their own grave, essentially. Yeah. But that book, that article was also kind of saying that this book is unique in that we don't get a happy ending, um, and that's kind of ne- necessary to make the the point of the novel which is that this this institution will continue, right? It's not, like, divergent where she's able to, like, single-handedly take this down. Like, Katniss right. is able, like, any of us, to bend the rules a little bit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's she's like, oops, like, you know, because she—the um, big final thing is that she and Peter are the last two alive, and that would necessitate one of them killing each other, but she comes up with the idea of, like, let's both take these berries, and, like, that would kill them, so they would do a double suicide And then, you know, they stop them right at the last moment and declare them both the winners of the Hunger Games. But Katniss knows that that kind of can only last so much, right? You can only cheat kind of this overarching, like, government system so much. Yeah. Um, And she's also, like, she's, like, smart, but she's not extraordinary. No. No. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's a
0: level of extraordinariness with, like, and like um, aspirationalism in like her independence, which is also something yeah. that the Miller article talks about. Um, you know that like this, I this level of independence of like you know she when she still lives in District Twelve, uh, which is like a coal mining district um, mm-hmm. in Appalachia. Uh, her family is very very poor. She has to literally go out every morning and like hunt for their food, um, right. and. Like, so this idea, like, she has to, like, leave the bounds of the city, which, like, she's technically not allowed, not supposed to do, and, like, hunt for things. And, like, she is, like, the economic uh, breadwinner and controller of her family. Like, that level of independence is uh, aspirational. I'm, like, still doing the Diet Coke kombucha burps. Um, (laughs) That level of independence is aspirational for children growing up today in a time that, like, what the author of this piece posits is— you know, we are much more surveilled both by now, at least, post, you know, now in 2022, like, social media uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, Even, like, parents. 9-11. Right. Yeah. Um, like, there's a lot more, you know, culturally, like, you know, people, like, it's culturally prevalent enough that, like, it's very normal for people to talk about online how, like, their parents, like— um, track them on, like, Life360, which I guess is, like, yeah. some kind of app that, like, people put on their phones. Like, I actually found out that, like, certain people, like, who are in college, like, their parents, like, will still track them on, like, Life360. Such as your sister and your parents? Possibly, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, of course okay. not. No, my parents, like, okay, don't yeah. like, they couldn't care less. They're, like, if my, like, I think they expect that, like, my sister's in, like, something... Akin to a drug den at every at every yeah. possible moment. Your sister's um, partying with um local pervert carpet guy. Exactly. Yeah. Like she's pulling up to that club, and it's like that's just Wednesday. Um, yeah. yeah I I think that um, so I think that that's part of it. You know, like we read about Katniss, and w- w- like I don't know, like archery became a huge thing after. Like, in the right, time where these yeah. books were coming out, like, everybody was, like, wanting to, like, play with a bow and arrow. And this this idea of, like, self-sufficiency and self-reliance is very mm-hmm, attractive mm-hmm. to young teens who feel as if, like, they are being, they are victims of, like, overbearing parents.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we even see, like, a, a plot point of this is that Katniss's dad had died in the coal mines, um, and after that, her mother literally fell into such a depression that she could not feed her children. Yeah. So Katniss then had to become kind of the sole provider, um, and that is something that kind of keeps her going through this, is she's like, I don't want that to happen to my mom again because of my little sister. Yeah. Like, and Katniss, there is a lot of kind of, uh, she loves her mom, but there's a lot of rage coming from Katniss at, yeah. at, her, at her mom, like, just in terms of, like, you know, She's, like, I can still, like, see, like, the woman who, like, wouldn't get out of bed to, to feed us, essentially. Right. Well, to hear her um, tell yeah. it, she
0: she's not sure that she loves her mom. Like, she says yeah, it a couple yeah. times. Like, she's, like, the only person I'm sure that I love is my sister. It's Prim, yeah. Um, which, and doesn't Prim die in a subsequent book? Yes. She dies in the third book. Um oh God. Which, you know, like, I don't want to criticize for being overly maudlin because I don't, I think these books are intent on, you know, actually I can I can read you in a quote from an interview mm-hmm. um, that Suzanne Collins gave uh, when she decided or when, you know, like 10 years after she wrote the books about when she decided to write the books. So uh, she says, I was mm-hmm. flipping through the channels one night between reality television programs and actual footage of the Iraq war when the idea came to me. At the time, I was com- completing the fifth book in the Underland character under in the Underland Chronicles, and my brain was shifting to whatever next the next project would be. I had been grappling with another story that just couldn't get any air under its wings. I knew I wanted to continue to explore writing about just war theory for a young audience. In the mm-hmm. Underland Chronicles, I'd examined the idea of an unjust war uh, developing into a just war because of greed, xenophobia, and longstanding hatreds. For the next series, I wanted to I wanted to completely. New world and a different angle into the just war debate. So she's really interested in writing about the ethics of war for and by young just war. Readers. She's saying like this
1: war is warranted versus this war isn't.
0: Yeah, like just war theory. It's like a like that's um, a political theory um, that people talk a lot about in like political science and like sociology classes about, um, like. The kinds of conditions of both initiating and the kinds of ways you fight a war um, being, yeah. quote-unquote, just or unjust. I mean, these are all, like, like most political theories that, like, white people talk about in the West. Like, very Western-centric and very informed by the ways wars have been fought, particularly in mm-hmm. America. Um, and, like, when a revolution is justified, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, you know, another, like, thing in this book that I really appreciated and I think did speak to it's, like, kind of a, a way of um, not too on the nose, but, like, showing, like, the way that um, poverty is a, a tool used by, used by the government to yeah. kind of get what they want is the way that every year from 12 to 18 you have um, one entry into the Hunger Games. However, you can buy more entries for your and they're cumulative. They add up yeah. every year. You can buy more um, entries for yourself um, to get like rations of, of grains. So Katniss has to enter herself and then um, three for her mom, herself and her sister to eat every year. So she like ends up having like 48 entries or, or something. And, you know, I, I liked this because it was a little, that's a little more, again, like realistic than, being like, you, if you chop off your arm, then you can get extra rations. Like, right. it, that more speaks to the way in which poverty is a tool used to manipulate people for more money. And what I'm thinking of, of course, is like the army, right? Yeah. People get out of college and then, or get out of high school and are recruited into the army. It's yeah. not like those people are necessarily like, all the time believe in in war or or believe no. in in the system, but it's yeah. like, well, I need more money or I need money to support my family. Right. Um, even thinking about, like, stuff of, like, how our um, adoption system works and how it's, like, you don't get the money. We, we'll give your kid to a foster family and then we'll give them money to take right. care of it. Right, yeah. Like, you won't. spend,
0: like, $50,000 doing an adoption. It's, like, that all goes to, like, I don't know, like, some woman named, like, Kara and like a staff full of people who fill out the adoption paperwork and like leaving whomever birthed the child in the same conditions. A little bit less
1: state of poverty because now they do not have to. So, but, but like, it's a trade-off that's not like, like that the government like is using to, to, you know, keep people in poverty because there's, I mean, this was my whole, when, when Roe versus Wade was overturned and now I'm not so sure about this, but, and I think we we talked about this, of, like, how I was less worried about g- gay marriage being overturned because um, of, like, the fact that you can force people to have children, that is a huge, huge part of keeping them in poverty and yeah. keeping them kind of unable yeah. to do anything else. And you can have a lot of control over voters if they don't have the time or energy to, like— do anything else right you have to focus on keeping yourself alive if you're constantly keeping them in in that kind of crisis state then you're going to have a lot of control over people
0: yeah um yeah i i agree definitely in you know this like the political motivations of outlawing abortion do I think they deal explicitly with wanting to keep people in poverty? No, because I, I believe that that is like, that's a side effect that is not conscious in the pro-life movement, because largely the pro-life movement is organized more around, like, christian theology yeah christian theology and sexual subordination like i think i think Mm -hmm. that um and that's what makes like that's what at least in how i think about like legal theory and like the courts movements that's what makes me personally concerned about certain like other Mm -hmm. decisions that rely on like due process rulings about sex and sexuality because it's Like like us being able to vote
1: no, Do you think there's a world in which you No, know?
0: because that's a that's an amendment to the constitution now. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean more so and we can talk about it off mic because I I can't actually talk about some of my feelings about this because there's um something forthcoming that I'm not supposed to talk about that um Oh, yeah. uh deals a lot with this, but I would say if you're interested in those ideas listeners wait and see. Um Oh, positive or negative? Oh, like well negative politically probably but okay. positive something for you to read probably pretty soon okay um, cool. <laughs> so um but yeah i mean like <laughs> the like sexual subordination i feel like is more so than because um most mm-hmm. of these folks involved in this movement um like the the ways that they in which they view the world um actually don't really factor in people in poverty like whatsoever um They're not thinking about that. Exactly. Like they just like don't even like it's like not even like a second thought. Like it's it's more it's like more um high level and when I mean high level I mean like
1: elite like psychosis <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um I- I think that's fair. Um, how do we feel about the way that, like, gender operated in this book? Because, honestly, like, that's not one of the – let's just talk about, like, the fact that it is a boy and a girl chosen from each district. It's yeah. not like you can have, like, have, like a mix of, of genders in here. Um, there is kind of – even though, you know, this does eventually f- devolve into uh, – or evolve into a love triangle where, obviously, Katniss has real romantic feelings for PETA um, – He kind of, um, you know, sneaks up on her, ambushes her with this romantic subplot of them while while he's doing his interview, and she has no idea about it. So she is, and she's upset because before she kind of realizes that that's a strategy that can help her. But she's still still upset about it that she has to be used kind of as a pawn to strategy, even though Pete is kind of like, well, this can only help you. Like, I'm not going to win.
0: Right. Well, okay, this is what like the the gender and sexuality politics of this book like mm-hmm. are firmly this is like one of the things that i think actually dates this book like a lot of the book like feels pretty timeless this feels pretty firmly in like pre 2010 era like mm-hmm. i think i think if we excuse me i think if this was written today we would not this would not be a part of it at all like it would be seen yeah. as and, and not that I think this necessarily because'm I'm, I'm willing to hear both sides but mm-hmm. I think this would be seen as readers as being like carrying twinges of misogyny that this story about this woman and her development within like this weird political uh this weird political ecosystem also mm-hmm. has to be attached to a hashtag team a or team pita thing
1: um yeah which I feel like I don't know. What was interesting is like the Gale stuff is like, it, it really isn't romantic. It might be from his end, right? Yeah. Like, but but Katniss really in this book is kind of pretty firm about her her not having those feelings. I disagree. Um, yeah, I think that it's definitely not explicit.
0: I think that they're – I mean, like, she – when he comes to say goodbye to her before the Hunger mm-hmm. Games and, like, before she goes into the games, which I we need to talk about that whole section when she gets yeah, to the Capitol yeah. and um, hasn't gone into the games yet. She has her glow up. Yes. Oh, I have so much to say. But – um she the way that she talks about it, she talks about his body being a source of comfort for her, how yeah, it's familiar, true. how she doesn't she doesn't know what she would call him because he's not just her friend. There's something else there. I think that it's like yeah. I think that it's pretty explicit. It fine. Um, okay. But I That's don't fair. um I I that doesn't mean I care about it. Um and I yeah. and I think it's yeah. out of place. Like when she talks about like all of a sudden, Gail is a character that for 80% of this novel exists totally off screen. So every time she yeah. reflects on their relationship, I just am like, I don't care about that. Um, but no, the explanation that Suzanne Collins offers in this 2018 interview, which, you know, could be retcon, but I feel like it makes sense, is it's, they symbolize, these two characters symbolize in a way these two political, like, Uh, these two political worlds that that one can enter. So, like, Gale is, like, the revolutionary, the physical, the violent, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uprising that Katniss can choose to be a part of. And then PETA is the, like, exist to survive, like, be yourself, quiet revolution, but, like, I'm not, Mm -hmm. like, you know, away from this idea of, like, brutish revolutionary force. Which, you know, I think that...
1: That makes sense
0: because Katniss is kind of we see in the full series um, stuck between between those worlds, yeah. But then at this, I mean, like
1: at the same time, I'm like, I don't like, I don't need a romance in these books. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that kind of speaks to me to how like it. Cause like that's something that will will really annoy me. Like that's something that annoyed me in the um in the I tell you I love you, but then I have to kill you. It's like I don't care about a romance. Just give me like spy shit. Yeah, this book I thought it worked very very organically and um first and foremost most the romance was a tool to manipulate viewers, and that kind of could have been a good idea too. Of like you know even they set up like showmances, right? Like yeah. on reality TV shows, like it it is a way to gain a following um it's hyper aware of cameras being on them at all times um and can't essentially performing all the time um and let's so let yeah let's get into the the stuff about um the the capital and and the the kind of glow up and the training and all that one thing that i did notice and of course we will watch the movie and cover it on the patreon but reading this I'm like, oh my gosh like Woody Harrelson was perfectly cast in the in the yes. Mitch role yeah. like that is a perfect and a lot of that is because the way he talks in this saying sweetheart reminds me of his character in now you see me which oh. I feel like
0: be Did kind you of hear? Equivalent. Now you three me. It's happening. Now you three
1: me. It's are happening. They gonna, do you think they'll call? They'll. Do, do you think they'll just call it? Now you three me.
0: I think it's going to be called. Now you see me three. But if they now if, you
1: don't is already out yeah the, out the window. Yeah. Um, now you three me. If they choose now <laughs> you three
0: me, I will be so happy. I love
1: those. I mean, like, that's like a Fast and Furious naming convention. Yes. I, think, I think they could do it. There's I think been they could. So. Those
0: movies are so good. I recently Nick had never seen them, so I made him watch watch them
1: with. Me, they are so good. Did did we wait? Did we do that on the Patreon? No, but we've definitely talked about it because I recently rewatched. On Father's Day, we we rewatched. Now you see me too, which you know has its is uh, definitely a lot harder to follow. I think than the initial one. The initial one is one of the best. I'll say it: the best movies of all time. Yes, and you can I come agree. And fight me on that. But no, it's I agree. So good.
0: I okay, but I do think the initial one is also having watched it recently is also hard to follow.
1: Like, well, you know, everyone, every well, I won't spoiler alert for the next fifteen seconds. Everyone in the FBI is also a magician, Sophie. Right. Kind like, <laughs> of spoiler. Yeah, like
0: that. <laughs> like at the like, and like there is there are parts of it where they're like, no, like magic like they're like yeah that part that was magic and you're like okay yeah um but the thing about that movie which is so good and that it gets why it gets away with so much is the aesthetics are Mm -hmm. fantastic um it's so fun to watch um and oh god i love those movies so much so i'm hoping so good I'm, i'm hoping that um whoever is remaking
1: this one uh does a good job Tell me about your thoughts on, on the whole Capitol glow-up situation.
0: Yeah, so um, what happens is, so there's this thing called the Reaping, where they draw the names um, of who's going to be in That's I Volunteer's Tribute. Games. Yeah, that's I Volunteer's Tribute, um, you know, because the name of her sister is drawn. She volunteers in place of her sister, and um, the, you know, she's quickly whisked off away to the Capitol, which mm-hmm. we're told is somewhere in the Rocky Mountains, And um, in the, uh, in the Capitol, like she gets assigned a stylist
1: and she has to do basically like all of the press, like the Mm pre-Hunger Games uh, press. She's also fed more than she's ever eaten in her life, which makes me think of last meals. Like that's like food is like a source of dignity we can give to you or take away. Right. Well, I also think in this book, it's more,
0: it's partially that. But I think it's more like wanting to show us the like it'd be illustrative of the um uh the wealth gap, the riches, yeah, for yeah, sure.
1: like um, it's kind of like in sex in the city too. Uh, when they go to uh, Dubai and their breakfast looks just crazy, like it's like a full buffet. Right, exactly. Um, in in
0: Miller's article, she criticizes, um, she criticizes this section, saying she's cheered by crowds, faded at galas. Um, interviewed on national television, fed sumptuous meals, and housed in a suite filled with wondrous devices. She's forced Mm -hmm. to live every teenage girl's dream. Her professed claim to hate all of it is undermined by the loving detail with which she describes every last goodie. So she's saying that this section is, like, overly um, sort of precious and describes in detail the, uh, the riches too much, to make it seem, I disagree. With that. I disagree. I disagree fully because yeah. I I think the whole point is that she's coming from this situation of deep poverty, and like yeah. I said, it's it's illustrative of like the insane wealth gap, and also
1: we love gadgets on this podcast. Yeah, we love gizmos and gadgets, and you yeah. guys can quote us on that. Yeah, I think like ultimately, like she the uh, the main thing that sticks out to me is the food. It reminds me of in another book that kind of. In a different way, deals with hunger, the bell jar, and the, some of the descriptions of, um, in the in the bell jar of food, where it's like uh, it, we are the fact that we are so hyper focused on this food, um, is, I think, to highlight her hunger. Also, the aesthetics of it. I mean, we do talk we talk about her fire dress, mm-hmm. and we do say like, you know, my hair was put up in this. But uh, most of the the comments about Katniss well, we do get something at the very end where she was so skinny that she's lost all her her breasts, basically. And mm-hmm. then Cinna was like, oh yeah, they wanted to do a surgery on, on you, but um, I wouldn't let it happen. Like they wanted to like artificially give her breasts again because she's so skinny because she's malnourished. And like, so any comment we see Katniss say on her body is like, oh good, like I'm gaining weight because I get to eat all this or oh no, I'm losing weight. That means I'm closer to death, basically, which is- I, I think she she barely has any aesthetic focus on her body, other than I guess when they're talking about like plucking her entire body. Yeah. Which. Including like giving her like a Brazilian, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which. which that you cannot need, be good in the, you Hunger need Games. in the arena. Yeah, honey. You need that
0: pussy to be tight. Yeah. Hide some food up yeah. there. If somebody. What if somebody comes up behind you and they can grab you by your bush if it's too long? Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> then can what will like, happen?
1: Or, but if you're up in a tree, you could like braid it. And, like that could be your sleeping belt. That yeah. scared me. I mean, I was so glad she had a sleeping belt. That's really scary to me, the idea of sleeping in a tree.
0: Have you ever watched any like uh like Jimmy Chin documentaries? Like he's like a climber and he makes documentaries like in these yeah. climbing expeditions. They literally like when you climb a big-side of cliffs. Yeah. You literally like hang your tent like Off the side, like I'm not sleeping up there. Fucking, I'm rappelling down, and you can scoop me up in the morning, baby. Exactly. Do not. I'm not sleeping on a mountain. Fuck no. No. Um, yeah. so, So, I for some reason I feel like these scenes stick out. So, like when she first gets the to the capital, um, you know, like she, like, like you said, she like has to get a Brazilian, but specifically, and I don't know why this like sticks out to me so much. The shower like washes her and like scrubs her clean with like all of these exfoliants and stuff. Um, I feel like this is like a recurring like this idea of being like scrubbed clean, like really harshly, like within an inch of your life is like. I feel like that's a that's a narrative
1: thread that, or like a theme thread across like that's novels. in the Jetsons, isn't it? Don't they go into the shower and they are scrubbed clean? And yeah. in Harry Potter, I mean this is kind of different, but that which that was my favorite part of all any of the books was when he was in that cool ass bath. Yes. That he could do whatever I, I want with. Yeah. Um he, he wants with.
0: There's like a I can I can just think of a lot of like like novels for children where like it's like somebody getting really, really clean. And I don't know if it's like because yeah. I'm now addicted to like getting facials and like exfoliation that like mm-hmm. this is so appealing to me. But I just, like, I love it. Like, she's in the shower, and they, it's almost like a car wash. They, like, spray her down with this, like, yellow film, And they, like, buff her. And then it, like, buffs her. And she's like, I'm sure it took off layers of my skin. And I'm like, oh, my God. Good. That
1: sounds amazing.
0: You yeah, know they've never
1: exploited. By oh. the way, I have to say, I think skin cycling is finally working for me. I switched to a more hydrating moisturizer, and now I'm seeing the effects. What are you using? Um, I think it's the Cetaphil, like, moisturizing cream. Okay. Which okay. you it, you can use on face and body, which is confusing, but it's it's very... Yes. I think, like, finally, like, the retinol and the salicylic al- al- acid are working.
0: Yeah, I am... Um, because it was not really before. I use thicker... I use, like, I, if I'm on my off nights from the skin cycling, mm-hmm. which, like, I think it's working, but, like... Who fucking knows? Like I, it's not working be, as dramatically as what I've seen on TikTok. No, but for that's me at least. Isn't that life? Isn't that life? Yeah. Um, I just like punched myself in the jaw. <laughs> um, I um, I use like two moisturizers and a sleeping mm-hmm. like a sleeping mask that goes on mm-hmm. top of those two. Um, On my off nights. But lately I've been very like trying to leave my skin alone because it's been like, okay, I don't know like what Mm -hmm. I think I have this new theory that I need to go um, to some kind of like retreat that takes place in like a yurt um, and get like lymphatic drainage. Um, and like something to re-regulate my
1: hormone cycle. <laughs>
0: like I have oh, this, like yeah. n- I have this idea that if I go into a yurt, my hormones will regulate themselves out again. I don't you can know. You could
1: just w- do it like a Hunger Games. She definitely yes, got
0: hurt. Honestly, or like go on Survivor or something. I need like to like zap my hormonal cock because like something is occurring. I'm like I'm experiencing like endometriosis symptoms all of a sudden yeah. after having like a couple years of not like remission. Yeah, rem- remission. I was, um, I was uh, endo free for like two years, oh, yeah. and now all of a sudden I'm having. I'm having, like, weird symptoms again. And so that leads me to believe that something is hormonally wrong with me. And for whatever reason, instead of going to the doctor, I'm literally brain convinced that if I go get in a yurt somewhere where it's, like, really hot and, like, a yeah. Russian lady beats me with, like, a big leaf, that, like, I'll be fine. So if you guys know yeah. anywhere where I could do that for, like, I don't know, $100, <laughs> let me know. Right, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's a yurt, though. They're not paying for—I I think that's electricity-free. They don't need heaters or, yeah. or AC. Like, it's just labor costs at that point. Yeah. Hopefully pretty cheap. I feel like I need to, like, be, like, consumed into Earth and, like, experience some hardships. You need then- to do what Peter did when he was, right. like, almost dying, which <laughs> yeah. is just coat himself in mud. Which, that was a very gross scene to me mm. when she took the, like, like, buckets of pus coming out of him. And then he gets, like, blood poisoning, which is something that I'm very paranoid about whenever I have, like, a cut. Of, like, when you see, like, that's always, like, a warning sign. If you see, like, red streaks coming from your cut, that means it's traveling up up your bloodstream. Ugh. which is not good. Not so good. So scary. All the sponsorship stuff in this was also very interesting because it's like they can, if the sponsors feel like it, like that's why they have to do all this prep work and do all this pampering and stuff is so they can be um, appealing to sponsors who will then give them gifts in right. kind of times of need. And this is why it's, also, resent- it's not a fair playing field. No. Because like the game makers are, and of course this is really well done in the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's like, they just like are like okay, send in some wolves here or whatever. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not all natural, right? It's kind of like Jeff Probst behind the behind the scenes, yes, yeah, uh, giving them or taking away flint, right? This is okay. This is why
0: I resent the characterization, or this is why I resent. Miller's criticism of it here being, like, she mm-hmm. gets to live the dream of any teenage girl by, like, getting hot. I'm like, okay, well, this is not the dream because the whole time everybody's aware that she's essentially being prepared to be— uh To die. Yeah, to essentially be executed in a really roundabout, yeah. fucked-up way. Also, as a it's really not feminized. Propaganda. No,
1: it's not. They are all—that is happening to literally all of them. And then it also immediately goes away. Like, I— yeah. I don't even, I mean, there wasn't a lot of commentary on her being, like, pretty or not pretty. I mean, that is just so beside the point of yeah. any, it's not like she was ever like, oh, but these other girls are prettier than me. Why does Peter like me? Like, that, her looks only come into her mind pretty much as so far as, like, I, like, directly related to her health and and how able she is to survive because yeah. she—that is all she can think about because right. she is in this situation, which I and, liked, you know.
0: And she can—that's all that she can think about at home because at home she's also in survival mode, right? Like, exactly. That's what's so interesting about it, and that's why this book is—I don't want to say genderless because that mm-hmm. uh, one—it's not true, and two, like that doesn't make any sense. But this book lacks a lot of the like, even in like Divergent. There's so much weird gender shit in Divergent. When I can't comes, look in a mirror. Yeah, I can't look
1: Because the then mirror. I would indulge in my prettiness.
0: I want to be fucking crazy. Like, I'm so crazy. Um, uh, I'm gonna get fucking dicked down by this guy named Four.
1: Like, all of that Which, is like PETA, so much more. I I would totally have a crush on PETA, I think. I think that his characterization is, like and the push and pull of that, like, is so much more appealing than like like number one, like the Gale figure. Yeah. And number two, when I think literature with um at, with four and even like with Edward tended to move into this, like, I'm going to be mean to you. I'm going to be mean to you and mean to you. And that means I like it. Whereas Peta is more of, that's more of him competing in the game. And that's Competa-ing. what's interesting about it Pita <laughs> in okay. Like how much of this, like is him, his strategy, like is his strategy to, to, to like woo me and like be nice to me? Or is that like to, to him genuinely coming out? And like, that is, That is way more interesting to me than a lot of these other books.
0: I do have to take issue with one thing you just said, which Mm -hmm. is that you find Peta compelling. And I want to remind you that he's 16. He's a minor. You're
1: giving giving groomer. You're giving groomer. Thank you for calling me in right now. (laughs) But, honey, she should, you know, Gail knows how to, like, make uh, traps and stuff, but Peta is a baker, so... That's every woman's dream, I think, to just have life, anyone's dream to have like a, a immediate access to fresh baked bed that bread that one of the most in labor intensive things, honey. <laughs> fresh yeah, fresh baked bread. Fresh bread. baked bed. What, what happened to that actor who played Peta? Josh. Hutcherson. In my mind, I was picturing him as uh uh picturing him as Ed Sheeran for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you know where he's from. Where Cincinnati? Where
0: did you go to SCPI? Um, I don't. I don't know. He's like he's one of those people where he like. I think he was a child in or Cincinnati, like Mason and then he or something, right? And then he got like whisked away to Hollywood by parents who like needed to pay bills. Um, yeah, because he was in Bridge to Terabithia like quite young. Yes. I don't. I really
1: don't think he's like another I, d- distressing, depressing. Oh God. Uh, when I searched Joss in Cincinnati, the first thing that came up was Joss Husherton spotted at Below Zero Lounge. Uh-oh. Honey, do you have something to tell us? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one gay bar in Cincinnati. Yeah,
0: literally. Um, he's at, so okay. So he's from Northern Kentucky. Um, oh, Union. It
1: doesn't I know look like there. it doesn't look like he's been up to much lately. Um, he also heavily in, involved in the Gay Straight Alliance campaign, Straight but Not Narrow. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, he has no. He, posts okay, on this Instagram. is a red flag. I'm a little worried. He lives in the former house of Heath Ledger. Oh, um, baby, a known ad- ally to the LGBT community.
0: Okay, uh, why is it? Maybe like, that's it's, it. if if your whole thing is being known as an ally to the LGBT community, you either need to one get a job or two come out.
1: He. Endorsed and actively campaigned for Senator Bernie Sanders for president in the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. Okay, I take it all election. back. I take it all back. Yearly in 2012 to 2014, he has hosted the Josh Hutcherson Celebrity Basketball Game in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's like yearly. You mean for three years? It's really not yearly if if there's only one year in the middle. Yeah. Uh.
0: Tough. I uh, Anyway. Tough. Well, uh, we'll learn more about him when we when we talk about the movie on on Patreon. Um, yeah, I would say you know if you, I probably wouldn't choose to read this book because it is so sad and I, and I don't. We, choose we didn't to read even get into the rue death. I'm sure we'll
1: we'll, kind get of cover that that we'll get into that in the movie.
0: We'll get into that in the movie because I feel like it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more extreme in the movie, but. Um, yeah. Let us know what you guys think about Dystopia Month. Let us know, do you live in a dystopia? What's that like? If not, what, what country are you living yeah, in? Yeah, right babe, now? are you in like Denmark or something? And yeah. uh, do you want to mail me a, a quick visa on them? Um, this is Girls Like Us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Girls Like Us Show. You can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash girls like us. Um, that's patreon.com slash girls like us show. That's where we'll be doing movies this month um check out the hunger
1: games movie there it's sure to be and the hungry games is coming as well oh god also i know i said we were gonna do blonde i don't think we're gonna do it anymore because the everything that i've heard about it has been this movie will tear you up. i don't know if there's anything fun about i think it's blonde.
0: three hours long
1: and yeah, that's why no. I won't
0: do it. I'm willing to be torn apart. I'm not willing to sit for three hours. I saw a, no, I saw a scene from it on Twitter, actually, right before we recorded that I thought was fake um, because of how— horrible it was so I don't think that we're I don't think we're gonna do it but uh, that doesn't stop us from thinking that Joyce Carol Oates you are too ugly to write about Marilyn Monroe exactly uh, it's not okay to write about people at a different hotness level than you if that
1: literally seems like something we would say is a joke and then
0: that woman was like it's not a joke this is not a joke yeah that this is I'm referencing by the way a tweet that some idiot did um so congrats to her um as always our lovely theme music is by Leggy and our wickedly talented one and only producer is Camden Stacy. Have a great week, everybody. Try not to be in a Hunger Games. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.